Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. For the first time in seven years, the Bulldogs beat the Storm. I'm gonna, I was going to ask you how you were, Matthew, but I know you're doing well because Bulldogs beat Melbourne in Melbourne. How good is that? It's fantastic. It was a bit of a shock when I heard that stat read out. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that, that we hadn't beat them for that long. Um, but yeah, we've got a season underway. How good is it? Two points on the table and uh, hopefully the team can kick on from here. Yeah, massive congratulations to Cameron Serrato for his first win as an NRL head coach. Yeah, he filled in a little bit um, on game day when I'm Ivan Cleary, which is funny enough, was injured for Penrith. It's not mm. often that your coach gets out injured. Um, but, you know, he's full-time in charge, first to win as a, an official head coach and not an interim or a fill-in, I guess. Yeah, his team. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think there's lots to improve on from the performance. I think it was a real good, tough performance. And it's great to see the club scoring a good amount of points. So over the last couple of years, I think that's been a, a big criticism, hasn't it? The dogs' uh, defence for the the large part of the last uh, six years has, hasn't been the issue. It's been uh, the point scoring. So it's good to see the, the team get some uh, reward in that aspect. Yeah, and I just... Before we go into like all the positives, because there's a lot of positives, and there'll be players to be highlighted who deserve points, but yeah. miss out on points from us. And I reckon some of them will be like, "What are they doing? Not giving them points?" Then we give other players points. About, like, "Oh yes, that's right. He played well, and he played well." But yeah, it looked like uh, they were a bit tired around that 60, 65th minute mark. Um, I think, uh, thankfully, Nelson's injury. I know you don't wish an injury on anyone, but geez, wasn't he ripping through at one stage until he uh, did his knee? Yeah, there was a bit of a resurgence by Melbourne Storm in the second half, and it was all based on the momentum that Nelson was bringing in his uh, second period of time on the field. Uh, you could really feel the momentum change in favour of Melbourne. And I think we had about a 14-point lead at that stage, or maybe a bit more, and uh, it didn't feel safe. No, it didn't at all. Then when he went off, it was almost like, whew. Thank God. That was, um, you never wish an injury upon anyone, but geez, that injury came at a good time. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Let's start highlighting people. Why not? Um, I'm going to start with Kikau. Kikau, uh, he was the leader of that left edge on the weekend. Um, Felt like, I don't know, and we'll probably talk about your experience, Scotty, a bit later, but um, I don't know what you saw from the stands, but every single kick, go back and watch it that went down the left-hand side of the field, first kick chaser was kick yeah. out. Uh, it might stick out because of the the blonde hair <laughs> running down the yeah. field. But, um, yeah, I, I, that stuck out to me big time. I could see it happening throughout the game. And I was at first I was like, look, a kick out lead that chase, that's great. And then it just happened over and over and over until I'm sitting there going, shit, man, it's happening every single kick. It's really leading that left side, and so he should with his experience. How good uh, was that? Um, disappointing way to end the game, unfortunately, though, for kick It's the early shower. Early shower. Yeah, it went the for the water. early shower. Make sure the hot water was all there for him. Did the old trip. I think he's got a history of um, throwing a leg out a little bit. <laughs> him, um, it doesn't help that Joshie Reynolds is on top 30. That's one of his favourite moves as well. I'm pretty sure from memory he's uh, he's done it a couple of times in... in uh, his history, but um, yeah, I think he got a fine or something, so it should be should be all good to play. He might not even got a fine, I'm not sure, but um, disappointing way to end. I thought he, he had a big impact. Another player that had a big impact, uh, Jacob Carras. 
Huge impact. He was given uh, six points on the Daily M and the new formed Daily M with the two judges do their three two ones and he got mm. the three points. I've got a feeling as we're highlighting him this early, he hasn't made your lists that we're going oh. to go. All will um, be revealed shortly. But 235 running meters, two line breaks, a line break assist, and obviously the two tries. Yeah. He scored. One of them, I don't think he really had any right, just scored it. Not much happening on the on the short side. So, uh, you know, he's a quality winger. Um, I feel like a player that might his best will be always at the Bulldogs. Listening to a new story prior to the season starting, he was a, obviously a massive Bulldogs fan, a massive Josh Reynolds fan, a very passionate player. Uh, Trying to get some starts at Newey in North Queensland wasn't to be. He might be one of those players, you know, the passion, you know, going for the going for the Bulldogs his whole entire life might be, mm. you know, the place where he plays his best footy because he's a very energetic. He puts his body on the line for. Not such a big guy. Absolutely. Um, a few other takeaways I had, Scotty, from the game was uh, felt better having uh, Faumu Brown off the bench. I think I talked about him playing a middle forward role off the bench um, would be a better situation for the club than him starting at lock. I think we had yeah. that discussion before, so I like that little change-up. Just to add to that, 100% agree with you, because if you go back to against Manly, I felt like he was taking some one-out hit-ups. He's not a big body at all. Mm. Uh, at all, like, he's not one of those players like you. I suppose like a would be more like a Brad Fitler or you know a slightly bigger half. He's actually very small. Um, when he came on against Melbourne, he looked more aggressive and more threatening off the bench. I don't know if it was just a mental thing or if he you, he felt the forwards were getting stuffed against Manly, so he thought he put his hand up and try to help out on a hot day. I don't know what it was or the idea of you know sometimes starting. You know you got to start and win the middle. And yeah. I, don't think, I don't know if it's just whatever it is, but coming off the bench looked more natural for him, looked mm. more natural for the team and a better balance for the team. Yep, absolutely. Well, I agree. Uh, Reed Marnie, uh, I don't think he had the most cleanest performance. There's a few, uh, lot, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a few areas uh, early up. Um, there's a few uh, strong passes, um, but I think he, he finished the game a bit stronger. He had a great game in, in uh, week one. I uh, thought he had a few errors in his game this week. Did you see that? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't as clean, but um, definitely the passion. Um, mm. he's, he's already quickly became a bulldog um, and with a lot of responsibility. And you could see him on the field. That's obviously been our first game I went to the weekend. I was, wasn't going to go to a brookie, but, you know, Melbourne, that's <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, Reed, just watching him, he's just always involved in everything. Mm. Off like off the ball as well, so that's pretty cool. So, yeah, and just a, an overall summary. I felt the team looked way more prepared this week for an NRL performance. Although I will say, um, will be it was against a undermanned Storm team who had eleven of the top thirty players out injured. So, I think Melbourne long term they'll be right. <laughs> Those yeah. players start coming back, they're going to be a they're going to be pushing for the top four again this year. Um, they'll be challenging for sure, but um, you can only play who you played against, and I felt like we, we looked more prepared. Perhaps mm-hmm. the hype going into round one was um, not what we needed. Um, maybe that loss first up might have been a bit of a um, reality check. 
uh, and they looked way more prepared. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It was much, yeah, much better balanced even. Oh, much, you know, where they were. I don't know the trip to Melbourne. Uh, you know, sometimes an away trip, the players will tell you, is is really fun. If you get to go away, you get a bit of a little bit of a sight, seeing a different little cities and stuff, not what you're not normally normally at. Um, not as opposed to playing a Sydney match. Yeah, across town. So maybe that as well. You know, they share a hotel together. Got to do some activities together in Melbourne. So mm-hmm. now let's just go through some some stats here, Scotty. I'm going to go through uh, a fair few, and then if I leave anybody off, you uh, throw in a couple of names that you want to throw into the hat. Um, I'm going to start with the back line though. How good is this for a performance? Hayes Perham, 192 run meters and seven tackle breaks. For a guy playing his second game at fullback in the NRL, that is great signs going forward. Look, Continu- Absolutely. Continuing down the list, Jacob Carraz, 235 running meters with 10 tackle breaks. Amazing performance. One of the strongest in the team from the weekend, for sure. It continues. Jake Averillo, 140 running meters. Paul Alamoni, 190 running meters. And Joshua Descartes, 118 running metres. Joshua Descartes also with seven tackle breaks. Now, the thing, all those stats, they're great, right? Those running metres for your back five to put up those numbers together. Absolutely incredible team performance from the back. But what I want to highlight is that the out of the back five, the person who ran the least amount of running metres was Joshua Descartes. Mm, How good is that? Now, what I mean by that is... Last year, we were very heavily reliant on two players, weren't we? Matt Burden and Josh Adekar, and then doing little, perhaps what you could call trick shots, perhaps, <laughs> to yeah. uh, to try to score points. The fact that Josh Adekar, albeit still running 118 metres, respectable, um, can run the least amount of metres, and the back five can put up that much run metres and have that much of an effect in the game, that is an incredibly positive sign for the club. For the team moving forward to 2023. Yeah, 100% agree. That's one thing I, I looked after the, the game as well because I was thinking, damn, these the backs were in, heavily involved. And I was like, which one of the backs got the least? And when I saw Josh in a car, I was actually really happy by that. By <laughs> the younger ones. Like, Poor Adamotti, what's he, 19? With the body of like a 30 year old. Jack Avrillo is still very young as well. Then we have Hayes, like you said. Second mm-hmm. game of fullback. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of young... And Jacob Kraz, he's only had half a season of top grade. Yeah, I think Jacob Kraz, there's with the World Cup, there's two ways you can come out of a World Cup, isn't there? I think there's the... Um, I feel a little bit fatigued, I feel a little bit tired from uh, extra footy and a bit of a uh, shorter preseason, that sort of thing. And then there's the other way where you can come out of... A, player, a young player like Karaz coming out of the World Cup with all that confidence that he's picked up. He can play with the world's best. He's played a season of NRL now. He, he belongs in the position he's in. There's no more questioning it. He's looks like he believes it 100% that he's an NRL player, not a player trying to make it in the NRL. He's an NRL player. Yeah. He's playing with that confidence, which, which is fantastic. A couple of people in the front or in the forwards that I wanted to uh, highlight as well, Scotty. Um, i got Preston here. So what about this? Named at lock, but obviously played second row. Uh, some of the stats have changed straight after the game, so I'm flicking back and forth 
between uh, my notes and the stat page here, but Preston 116 run metres, 42 of those being um, post-contact and 39 tackles, uh, and 76 game minutes. Game yeah. number two in the NRL. How how incredible is that? Uh, I really wanted to have him on my points this week because <laughs> uh, I think there's um, he's becoming a bit of a cult, cult man, isn't he? Everyone's on the Preston train. Yeah, there's um, a Christian mania. At the yes, I've, I've heard that going. I've seen I think that going on. Was the one who checked that out first? <laughs> seen it on uh, social media by a few people as well. Um, okay, Max King also. What what about his performance? Leading the pack is he the leader of the pack? I think so now. Um, Seventeen runs, one hundred and ninety-four meters in the front row. How good's that? Eighty-four post-contact meters and thirty-five tackles. He's just um, he's a guy that just gets the job done, doesn't he? Mm. Like no. you, you see the efforts of getting back to, to ground the ball um, in those effort plays, but during the the arm wrestle, you could you could probably if you weren't watching out for it, you could probably go unnoticed. But he's not unnoticed by his teammates putting out that type of um, performance. I, I'm happy to. Well, I think it's clear that Max King's the leader of the forwards at the moment. It's, it's a was a void there with Luke Thompson just having to hang a junior out too, mm. and then be filled. So it looks like it's came naturally to him. He might be the leader when they come back as well. But uh, definitely, definitely notice him in Melbourne mm-hmm. when you're watching him. Two other, well, there's a few others players here. Uh, even though we said what we said about Marnie starting off the game, kicked the forty twenty. He had five kicks for 126 kick meters and 44 tackles. So um, if that's a poor game, that's all right. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> I think uh, he said he said it's very high in round one. Um, but yeah, I think there was a few areas to start the game for Marnie. But um, I think he even joked about it himself in the press conference, didn't he? He said something about um, having a laugh to himself because he just um, made a couple of mistakes in a row and couldn't really believe it. So he had a laugh to himself and shook it off. And got on with things. So that's it's great to see that sort of bounce back. Matty Burden, 13 kicks for 523 metres. Actually, sorry, we'll get back to that in a sec because I want to include somebody else in that. Um, Waddell and Pele off the bench, quite good. Waddell yeah, in particular, 84, 84, 85 run metres at half time and finished the game with about 160. I must say. That? Sorry, it's changed to 135 <laughs> on review of the stats. <laughs> Franklin Pele, he had a short game time, but Jesus, he was one to run through wars if, on on Saturday night. Um, he was just winding mm. up. I think, you know, it was the perfect, you know, giving uh, big boys a bit of a rest, like Ryan Sutton and Max King, um, a bit of a rest, um, and um, gave Corey with a lot of support. Mm. And so unwind him and just say, you've only got this much game time. Almost like a Sam Cassiano at his prime performance. Where mm. you say, hey, Sam, you've only got 15 or 20 minutes. Cause havoc. Yeah. Cause as much as you can. Because I want you coming off like you played 60 when you mm. walk off the field that you're buggered because you put that much energy into 20. And Sam Cassiano used to do it quite regularly. You just put him on the game. I remember those games where you could be 12 nil down. Don't worry, Sam hasn't came on yet to cause havoc. Yeah, never felt little... in danger. And that's a bit so much it's the impact play, isn't it? Impact player, the momentum shifter. Nelson did it for Melbourne in the second half when he came back off the field. 100% Pele's, doing, 
Pele's doing that for us. He's definitely doing that role. Um, Waddell just smashes out the work as always. Okay, now um, that's all the good stuff. I wanted to highlight this little discrepancy that I saw. Uh, and everyone that listens to this podcast knows that we're big Kyle Flanagan fans. Uh, we, we supported him during the tough times and st- stood up for him when people were saying some, some bad stuff about him. This stat, though, caught my eye. Matt Burton, 13 kicks, 521 run uh, kick metres. Kyle Flanagan, one kick, 29 metres. What other halfback in the NRL get through a match with one kick? Yeah. You'd think if you told me he had one kick or halfback had one kick, they were injured within the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and that one kick was a good kick. It was a spiral. Um, you kicked it from midfield. It was a spiral kick that went downfield. It caused... Um, uh, I didn't know if it caused an error, but it caused um, the winger there to to uh, to sort of re reassess. Yes, it was, yeah, a, it was an easy was, catch. There was mm. gasping in the crowd. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. After that kick, when they realised it was coming, the way it came down, there was a bit of a um, yeah. thinking there might be a knock on here. Yeah, we love we love Matty Bird's kicks and what he can do, and I'm sure he'll get better and better as the year goes on. But maybe hope. Well, Marty did put his four kicks in as well, so maybe that's taken a little bit of. A little bit away from Flanagan as well, but um, hopefully we can see that sort of workload shared yeah. a bit, a little bit more going forward. No, hundred percent. I saw that too. Okay. Um, any players stats you want to bring up, Scotty, before we get into our player of the round? I not much for stats per se, but Raymond Fatal and Mariner uh, shifted back to the middle, so he's mm. a great edge player, and he's played a bit of middle under Dean Pay originally off the bench. Uh, so he shifted in the middle again. Uh, so obviously, uh, for him, it limits his game time. But he seems to someone who doesn't really care. He's I liked the move. I think it had a, a huge impact on the team. And it, um, it really balanced out that forward pack. Yeah, and he played 47 minutes. Um, it's interesting that you play on the edge. You probably say 60 for him. Um, play in the middle, you know, you play just over half a game. But he's just the type of player... Doesn't matter. I don't think he has a preference. If you put him at wing, he'll just do it anyway. That's the type of person he is. Uh, he made 91 run metres off eight runs. Mm. Uh, getting the job done. And he's just a great player. 34 tackles as well. Uh, another highlight, he's such a nice guy. Maybe too nice of a guy because he almost led in a try accidentally by helping a, a Melbourne player with a discomfort. He was helping him out in the background and then had to jump into a tackle at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Near the goalpost, uh, Ryan Sutton was a bit filthy uh, that he was by himself at one stage. Yeah, it was just one of those weird ones. Where we're like, where is our... We're one short in the middle, and then Raymond was at the background, and then he quickly notices and pounces into <laughs> position uh, very quickly. Um, like, but still, I think Ryan Sutton... I don't know if it's just because he's a pom. He always looks angry when he's, <laughs> when he's feeling a bit warm, but... Uh, just, he didn't look like he was overly too happy that he was just uh, by himself. I don't know. Melbourne, England. It's all cold. Yeah, it's no, yeah, <laughs> point. It was a much more pleasant day uh, for football yeah. night than it was the Saturday before in Melbourne. Raymond's ball playing, though, was, uh, was good. Was at a good level as well. Yeah. Playing that lock forward position. Um, yeah, he really balanced out that pack really well. It just looked a lot better. It just looked a lot more balanced the way the team ran out in the forwards against uh, Melbourne than the week before, uh, completely over. Um, I suppose the strange one, if we're looking at 
team lineup, Scotty. You mentioned this uh, just before we started recording. Jaden oh, Lockenbaugh yes, was included on the bench over Jaden Tanner. And yeah, you said it was a bit weird. I think it's a bit weird. Um, I was trying to work out. So you wouldn't know this because you're at the game. Fox had a late switch over to the, the Storm Bulldogs game. So we didn't actually get to see the team lineups on the uh, coverage before kickoff. So I had the app out quickly having a look through. I'm trying to work out how what's Ockenball replacing Tanner on the bench for and how we're going to use him. <laughs> so Winger on the bench, what's going on here? Uh, I was thinking it's a glitch in the, the NRL app and, <laughs> and all sorts of things. Um, now the game's over, I'm still confused. So now we know Ockenball came on for, was it three or four minutes at the end of the game, uh, played a bit of second row, uh, coming on for Preston. Um if we we're going to use Ockenball in that little, for that few minutes, why don't you just give Jaden Tanner some more taste of first grade? Yeah, I, I, I reckon Jackson uh, Tolpenny as well could have. Played. Yeah, but Tanner was named originally on the bench. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, my point is, what what are we gaining out of that that little change there? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I have no idea what. Training has, was that always a plan at one stage to make the switch for Ockenball being a second rower again? Because there was always talks that you know people said that he would be a more successful second rower. Yeah, he's people... not the fastest winger. Like he causes, an, he's he does he's quick enough to end drop, like you know finish them, but he's not going to be on the podium. And yeah. especially with the likes of uh, um, I don't know, Carl in our team, and then you look at Jake Averillo, Hayes. By the way, watching him live, geez, he just looks like he's not running that hard. And then you go, shit, he's just ran 15 metres. <laughs> looks like he's barely taken a couple of steps. He just looks very natural and looks like he's not putting as much effort into his runs. But it's just gracefully going across field. So he looks like pretty quick. I'd like to see him in open space uh, to see yeah. how he uh, motors down the field. So he wouldn't be our fast. I wouldn't say he'd be on our slower end of wingers. Um so I don't know. Like the the other interesting thing is he backed up on Sunday at Cogra for this last cup team and played second row. Yes, because yeah, Blake Wilson was named at the second row. Yeah, yeah. Which we know. Good ball definitely had time in the second row during that yeah, game. Yeah, so. I think Good ball finished on the wing because Blake ended up yeah. off the field. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes, I know we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Let's go, player of the round, Scotty. Um, who's your one pointer? My one pointer. Um, I suppose, unfortunately, not a fan favourite. Um, <laughs> just because, I don't know. But it, it's Corey Waddell uh, coming off the interchange bench. Um, he had, the, you know, he had the likes of coming in for uh, Maxi King. You know, or he didn't come on for Maxi, but, you know, he Maxi came off eventually and, you know, had to keep the work going. 135 metres off the interchange bench, I think, is unreal stats. I like my big boppers or thing. Corey Waddell is is a second rower or, you know, second rower, he's played a bit of middle, he's got a bit of lock. Now he's playing a bit of prop off the interchange bench. And I think he's just doing it well. I think he's that type of player. Another player, you know, you just tell him what to do. Like, you know, you're playing this this week, he'll just do it. Um, and 22 tackles as well. Just putting the effort. And I, I'm like, I'm just liking the effort. Um, mm. Kept it going. You know, when you, sometimes when you take your, your your starters off, you see a little bit of a dip. There's no dip. He just kept it going. Mm-hmm. Kept the middle, kept the middle running. 
So, Corey Waddell, for your one point there. I've gone with Jacob Carraz. I'm not going to read out the stats again. Uh, incredible performance by Jacob Carraz, and he looks like he's arrived in the NRL. He, like I said a bit earlier, looks like he's uh, an NRL player now, not a player looking to make it in the NRL. Fantastic performance. And player of the match for both of us, because we've gone with the same person, Scotty, they will get two points from each of us plus a bonus point, which puts them in the lead of the Player of the Year awards early on. Who is it? It's Maxi King, the former Storm player. <laughs> and again, uh, we read out his stats a bit earlier, so don't really need to, I guess, go over it again. But um, I reckon a lot of his work goes unnoticed. We talked about the effort areas, but a lot of that that just middle work by the average fan, I think, goes unnoticed. So we'll keep an eye on, on Maxi King. He's really developing into that forward leader. Well, I'm going to give him a massive rap before we move on. Um, we're the likes of Aidan Tomlin and James Graham for a long period of time. And someone, uh, Aidan Tomlin was either loved by the fans or not, or not at all. And I feel like the fans who, because, you know, he's another type of player, it was all effort. And how many times would there be a line break and James Graham or Aidan Tomlin would be there? There was a game against Cronulla where Aiden Tomlin batted the ball out after the Sharks made a line break and Tomlin ended up on the wing and had to bat the ball dead with like 10 seconds left. And it's like, what he's, what's he doing there? It doesn't matter. He saved the, the game's over. And those little tiny one percenters that don't always get noticed because they don't score often. Um, and then you'd miss Aiden Tomlin when he didn't play. They'd be a bit loose in the middle. Yeah. There's a chance that Maxi King, if he finishes his career at the Bulldogs, is still young. He's got potentially another six, seven years in his career, definitely go down with those efforts and stuff. And maybe, you know, you probably fall short of uh, Aiden Tolman's games, but it could definitely go down when you think of the likes of, you know, your Grahams, your, you know, your Tolmans. You you could chuck your Kings in. And you talk about those those middle guys who just never gave up. Like, in, I don't know, another middle, I know he didn't play properly, you know, David Stagg, Tony Grimaldi type players but you know always always there always had you know always doing those little one percenters um those type of players yeah and i think uh, is, if he keeps playing with the bulldogs he'd definitely be down remembered as that type of player yeah definitely has the potential go down as a legend okay uh scotty you had the the experience of going down to melbourne and going to Amy park for the first time why don't you tell us a little bit about about that well, Amy Park is a fantastic ground. Um, I very easy to get to. Yeah, this is Melbourne. The sports precinct in Melbourne to access it from the CBD is fantastic. It's the best part about Melbourne. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but Melbourne's a pretty uh, city. But the uh, the walk and the access to the sporting precinct where the MCG is, where Amy Park is, where uh, the tennis courts are uh, fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, that was so fantastic. Walking in there, um, easy as get in there. Kind of reminded me of the gap between the stands and the stuff was the old Allianz, just a little bit wider. It's like the in between the two Alliances now that I've been to both of them. <laughs> um, easy, um, easy to get to, easy. To, you know, seats seats are perfect. Sat behind the goalposts. Um, 
for that game. You could see everything. The atmosphere was unreal. There's over 17,000 fans. There were 17,700 fans there. Melbourne yeah, great there. yeah, so Melbourne fans are unreal. It was a great ground. It's a wonderful football ground. Um, there's a bit of uh, renovations getting done on the, the corporates and the coaching boxes side okay. on the uh, eastern side. So, um, and what, a bit of the grandstands replacing some seats. Um, on those ends as well, but uh, wasn't too far. I think you know, knocking them out, it wasn't too far from a sellout, um, considering how much was taken out for at the moment. But yeah, it's a wonderful ground, easy. I mean, the facilities are fantastic, and they should be fantastic because it's still a relatively new ground. It's only been there for twelve years or so. Um, great ground, like you said, the precinct's fantastic as well. Walk around. Mm. Um, and it became interesting because the one thing I found interesting when I went down there, someone said, oh, you won't really notice uh, once you leave the sports match, uh, leave the NRL, you won't notice people knowing mm. who the Storm are. I'll tell you, we had to walk through the Mambo Festival to get back to the hotel, which is their big, what, something similar to the Easter show, I guess. It's free okay. entry. Walked past there and someone looked, didn't go to the game at the festival and they said, I can't believe the doggies have done it. <laughs> they were just in disbelief that the Bulldogs won. Um, and even Ooh. two days later, we thought we'd wear our Bulldogs gear before we left on the airport, yep. and we got stopped at the, by the barista saying, you're, you're brave wearing that here in the enemy <laughs> territory. Um, but what a win, eh? Like, it was the attitude. It was we picked up from different pockets of everywhere in Melbourne uh, when we're walking around going back so that people stopped. And it's, like, it's, it's, a fel- it. it's a fallacy, this... Um stuff that people still say about Melbourne in regards to rugby league. Like, that might have been true in 1995, but it's definitely not the case now. I went down in summer, Scotty, uh, one year for the for the Australian Open, yeah, and yeah. I saw more Melbourne Storm shirts and jerseys in the streets than any AFL team in summer. So, like, yeah. don't, don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying, oh, rugby league is bigger than AFL in Melbourne, but Rugby league has a substantial footprint in Melbourne. People know what it is. People know the difference between league and union now. It's not 1995 anymore. Um, and, and they're they're well on board with the Melbourne Storm. Um, yeah. I even heard. I even had one person say to me uh, recently, in the last couple of years, you know, Melbourne Storm is a success, and rugby league is a success in Melbourne because if Melbourne were ever to leave, uh, if the Storm were ever to leave Melbourne. There'd be part of Melbourne missing. Yeah, it's part of the it's part of the fabric now. Yeah, it, it it is, and we were doing some tourist stuff before the game, uh, checking out some different yeah, sites in Melbourne. As you do, yep. Um, and we weren't dressed in our footy gear just yet. We we're going to go back to the hotel and get changed, and we we're just very. It was quite actually warm for a Melbourne's day, um, so we thought <laughs> we'd just leave the jerseys away. And at like one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon, we we're seeing Melbourne Storm jerseys pop up people going yeah. to the game and I was like, geez, that's very, that's early um, in the, in the city. Um, so you saw them around pretty much all day. We quickly went to grab a bite, Melbourne storm fans in the, in the Maccas. And we looked at the quick GPS, quick look, how far away are we? We're 15 minute walk, 20 minute walk. They'll probably, and then the, as you walk, obviously more and more storm fans popping up over here in this bar, popping up over here in this bar. Um, mm-hmm. I muck, muck around in, in Canada while we're leaving the area was that we weren't allowed into a bar because it was the upset that they didn't see coming. 
<laughs> and then they said, oh, no, we're only kidding. But it was they didn't see that one coming. So there was a few uh, people who made a couple of funny comments about it. And even leaving, I must say, it was actually one of the one of the most graceful. We walked past a big storm contingent when leaving, and a Melbourne Storm fan shook my hand and congratulated me for the win. And he goes, I didn't see that one coming. But he goes, God, mm. you guys were too good not to enjoy that. He goes, it's good to see you guys get a win. And I was like, well, thanks. I mean, I'll take credit for it, but I didn't really do much, but just sit there and watch. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah. like, it was very... Well, nice. Scotty, I'll throw a stat at you. Bulldogs are undefeated at Amy Park when you've attended. Well, that means I'm going back there next year. If we play <laughs> the game, or if we've got finals there. Um, mm. there. But yeah, it's a must. If you get a chance to go to Melbourne, uh, do go it for there sport. For the game. Go for sport, though, because apart from a the coffee, I'm going to say it, coffee was fantastic down there. I couldn't get a bad coffee if I tried. But other than that, it's that little sport. Um, How many coffees did you have in four days? Just four. <laughs> I went to four different places. You were looking for the worst coffee. Yeah, I was trying, I'm to, trying to find a bad coffee. Okay. Everyone keeps saying it's like the best place to do for coffee. And I said, you know what? It actually might be right, but it's mm. not worth living there for that, the coffee. <laughs> Um, Might be for the Storm or for Rugby League. Anyway, um, this week, Scotty, we're going to Belmore. Return to Belmore. First time the West Tigers have ever played at Belmore. So that's uh, that's interesting. In the NRL. Not a shock. Been around since 2000. I've been around since 1908, mate. Belmain and West. Oh, don't do this. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll have to go. Uh, I haven't looked at those uh, stats, but um, obviously Belmain and West that make up the West Tigers have played at Belmore, but as the West Tigers first time. Um, let's go through the team list. We'll do a bit of a preview of what we're expecting, and then uh, we'll do a wrap of reserve grade and uh, junior or um, representative footy before we... Say goodnight. Um, so the Bulldogs team looks like this. Perrins at fullback, Carraz and Latakar on the wings, Avrilo and Alamotti centres, Burton, Flagan, Harves, King, Marnie, Sutton, Kikau, Preston, and Fatala Mariner up front. The bench is Ockenball, Waddell, Pele and Brown. Uh, reserves are Ola Apu, uh, Josh Reynolds, Jackson Topini, Jaden Teller and Braden Burns. So... Same 17 that beat Melbourne last week up against the West Tigers. We'll go for the team list, Scotty. Um, but I'm a little bit concerned. West Tigers, Charlie Staines at fullback, David North, Noah Thawaluma on the wing with Jimmy Tupu, Brent Naden and Stafford Toa in the centres, Adam uh, Dewey and Luke Brooks in the halves, Stefano Yukimanu, uh, Apisau Korosau and David Clemmer up front. Asi Kapala, Sean Ball in the second row. Uh, Bolle is at lock. The bench is Brandon Wakeham. Interesting inclusion there. Uh, last time I saw him play at Belmore, he got uh, he did the old, old eye gouge and this was cupping as the Dragons. <laughs> Alex 12. He, did, he played well in the trials, but in the last competition game, yes. Alex 12, Joe Offenhowie. Uh, and Brendan Tumuf is the bench. The uh, reserves are Alex Safaf, John Bateman, Rua, now, I'm going to get this wrong, but Naokura, he looks like the Brandon, the mini Brandon Smith. Yep. Played in the preseason games before. Uh, Buller and Manamua to uh, round out the reserves. Them, our referees Todd Smith, uh, which I don't think from memory we have the best record with, but we have had a couple of hard years. Now, Scotty, the reason I'm concerned is that 
West Tigers have played pretty poorly this year in both games. Um, they should have won on the weekend against Newcastle. They had everything going for them, mm. and they didn't. And what's happened since then? They have been bashed in the media by fans. Uh, everywhere you turn in rugby league right now, people are bashing the West Tigers uh, from pillar to post. And what normally happens when that happens, Scotty? <laughs> we have the bounce back, don't we? The bounce back. The bounce back. They could be trying to use the ambush. Yeah, Bateman's on the reserves. Um, he'll play. He'll probably play. Yeah, he'll play. Um, if that's true. West Tigers have never played at Belmore. They've been bashed pillar to post. Bulldogs are coming off a high, so hopefully we still have that hunger and that, that proper preparation for round three. Uh, I don't think the boys will underestimate the opposition. Um, hope they don't, because <laughs> I think if we're off a little bit here and the right things come together for the West Tigers, it's a bit of a danger game. We can't be losing these games. We need to be picking up the two points. Um, none from two of the West Tigers. I, yeah, I'm a bit nervous for it, mate. Yeah, no, I was actually more after the win because I was even looking. I mean, at the NRL app, and you just look at the odds, and the odds when we took the win swung straight back. Like we're always the favourites in that game, but it swung dramatically into our favour. Then the Tigers losing against Newcastle, which Newcastle had no right to win it, and they shouldn't have won it. Newcastle, I think, versus any other team in the competition, which mm. that same scenario playing out to them. Not saying that Newcastle are rubbish, but Ponga gone, <laughs> Bailey gone. Yeah. Gone yeah. straight away. Well, what they the Dallas twelve men for worst challenge in history, by the way. Oh yeah, that was actually that's been hilarious. Seven twenty for that. Um, <laughs> um they had and a player. Safidi being sent off. Safidi sent off. Well, one player on the bench left. That's after activating the eighteenth man. <laughs> so, Down twelve players for what thirty-five minutes of the game in total. Dude, uh, it was some ridiculous. Mm start like that and I thought that's absolute rubbish and then they even got a questionable try at the end to put a grandstand finish which didn't deserve to be a grandstand finish but God made the game somewhat interesting um, yeah it was probably the, the worst game of the year so far <laughs> yeah and it's it's the Tigers can't bounce back not saying they I, mean, I know it's not the Tigers podcast, but... I know where you're going. If they don't bounce back, there's serious concern, isn't it? Yeah, like, I'm concerned for them. I don't know where to go after this. Mm. I know John Bateman's going to come in. Um, I know it's very early days, but if you look at the weather, it's meant to be over 35 at Belmore on Sunday at kickoff. Um, it's going to be drinks breaks is looking very likely. Um, mm. That is not a good uh, return to footy for... Mm. Anyone, let alone a pom. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be. It has to be eighteen thousand, whatever the capacity at Belmore is now with the OHS. It's going to be eighteen thousand. It's very close to a sellout. Uh, the grandstand's got limited tickets the whole way through. Um, the non-alcohol section of the hill's been snapped, gone, and it's mm. left with the hill and some single tickets throughout the grandstand. So. I reckon by tomorrow or Friday, the sellout sign's going to be put on Belmore very mm. early. So whatever it is, we got 16 against the Dragons with COVID times, uh, which we could see the few empty seats around and spots in the hill that wasn't. Mm. So whatever it is, 18,000. So it's going to be, if they can't use some sort of motivation, if they can't find, you know, the crowd being against them, everything being against them to at least lift and push the Bulldogs, mm. the very least, 
to a tight game, mm. do we just put the red line for the Tigers already? I know you don't want to put a, a team and say they can't make finals. Well, I it's think very it's very hard not to. I think it's worse than that, Scott. Is are they wooden spooners already? <laughs> that's that's yeah. that, that, that's that's where we're getting to. And something you said there um, in, in that lot that you just said was where do the t- if the Tigers do lose and hopefully they do because Bulldogs fans obviously where do they go from now? I just checked the draw and I didn't know this, but they played Melbourne in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne won't lose again in Melbourne. Not come, for a little come, while. Coming off a, a loss. Yeah, they're gonna. They want to gonna repay their fans, and, Munster, <laughs> so, and, and they're getting players back. So yeah, I would say Munster yeah. would be roughly returning that day too. Yeah, so could be hard times for the Tigers going forward. But I don't think it's a open cut. I don't think anyone should be thinking the Bulldogs have have got this one in the bag yet. No, uh, we should no, win. So hopefully that comes through. We'll be there. Look excited. My first game of the year, so definitely excited. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit nervous for this one. It'd be a test um, for us because we went against Manly and a little bit what's going to happen type of game. Um, but I think majority of the, the punters thought Manly were going to win. I don't know if it was just because it was at Brookie and it was a sellout. Um, and they won. They probably won by a bit much. We were not expected to beat Melbourne in Melbourne. We got the win. Now we're expected to win. Um, probably be the first time this year that we're expected to pull the win. So it's another pressure thing, I suppose, for the, the Bulldogs, for Cameron Serrano and his team. Yeah. This is the first time we're going to walk into a game where at 6pm, at full-time, when the full-time hooter goes, the Bulldogs should be on the, the winning end of that scoreboard. So it's going to be different. Like I said, it's going to be hot as well, and we didn't play too well in Manly. It was very hard. That was it's going, to be, it's going to be similar weather conditions. So for those who are going... Bring plenty of water um, yeah, and sunscreen, please, because if it's going to be 35, it can be a long afternoon. So get the fluids, get the hats, look after yourself. Especially if you're getting there early to watch the cup game between the Dogs and the West Magpies, which I will be doing. Um, Let's go through the wrap of the reserve grade and junior reps. Scotty, you pull up the ladders, get your New South Wales Rugby League and Queensland Rugby League apps ready. Remember, ladies and gentlemen... We are connected with the Western Clydesdales out of Toowoomba in the Queensland Cup, so we'll be following along with them. But to start things with, we'll go to the New South Wales Cup. And, Scotty, the Bulldogs have made it two from two with a 34 points to four victory against the St George Illawarra Dragons on Sunday at Cogra in a team that uh, included uh, Aaron Woods. I was... I was confident, quietly confident, uh, going into the game, but you know, it wouldn't have been the shock horror with the way the uh, Dragons lined up. Did, would you think um, we we could lose this game? We could yeah, lose cause... this one. Aaron, like you said, Aaron Woods. Um, but there was a fair bit of top grade experience and wealth of experience at the Dragons uh, that probably beat us with NRL experience, but. Wasn't oh, to, well, we def, oh, we got the, a massive win, like you said, um, and that puts a second on the ladder just behind the Jets. Yeah, no differentials on 50, by the way. Blake Wilson getting a double in that one, and Joash Papali'i kicking five from six. But yeah, they had what well, Aaron Woods, Tyrell Fui Maona, Jaden Hunt, Billy Burns. 
Uh, they've all had NRL experience. Tautai Amon came back in, in the five-age position. Paul Turler has been around for a few clubs now, played to the top grade. Tautai Moga, Max Fengai, NRL experience in the in the centres there as well. So fantastic win by the Bulldogs. Uh, we've already touched on the fact that we're going to play Western Suburbs this week at Belmore. I think it's about 1.30 kickoff. Uh, Jersey flag time. We played against the George Illawarra Dragons. In that competition as well, another big win, guys. 32 points to 10. Uh, Eli Clark scored another double and kicked four goals. So Eli Clark standing out again in that one. He might be knocking on the door after a New South Cup spot. Absolutely. But and... Difficult team to uh, get into, though. This New South Cup, New South Cup side so far. Uh, and the Bulldogs are sitting third on the ladder. Uh with the same points as first, which is the Roosters and the Sharks, uh, just above them on the ladder. And quickly flicking over to the Harold's Mats, 18-10 victory over the Central Coast Roosters in that competition. How's the ladder looking in that one, Scott? Well, it looks really good because we're sitting on top. Um, so we're sitting first, um, but the Eels are behind, the behind and the, the Eels, Raiders, Panthers, all behind by a win. Speak, speaking about good wins, Scotty, jumping over the SG ball. I'm not sure if you went to this game as well, but 60 points to six win over the Melbourne Storm. Um, players to look out for from that one. Callum, Weverell, Stacey, which we mentioned before. And for Arnafau, Seve, uh, we've mentioned him before as well. That's two tries for each of those, but a massive win over the Melbourne Storm. It's great to have Melbourne Storm in the SG ball. Uh, but we got the big win there, 60 points to six. And the ladder looks like... We're sitting in seventh position. Uh, definitely dropped a few few up. Uh, we're just below the Roosters on that one mm. who's coming in six. Mm, so only a few rounds left in these uh, in these junior rep competitions. So we need to make win. sure we, we keep winning from there in that competition. How the 16 teams? Mm. Really good, Fantastic. We're, jump, we're jumping over to Tasha Gale, Scotty. Um, the good wins keep on coming. 34-0 over the Illawarra Steelers. Charlotte Esther, two tries in that one. And our girls are doing really well, sitting in second. Haven't lost a game yet. Uh, just sitting below the Roosters by a differential of six points. The Roosters have got 116, the Bulldogs got 110. So uh, we're coming for your roosters. Uh, just sitting behind you, snipping at your toe. Good year for the girls. So to date. Yeah, it's probably our best year, Natasha. Yeah, we always seem to be up there. It's never up. Well, like, there's we been still... a few been a few really hard seasons on Natasha Gal, actually. We've been right down the bottom, so it's good it's to see. It's very hard to get behind the Mounties, though. That's but true. We we're jumping over to the New South Wales Women's Premiership, Scotty. And the wins have come to an end, unfortunately. We lost that game to the Illawarra Steelers, 16 points to 10. And it's an Illawarra Steelers team that had the likes of Emma Toligato in it. Um, so we went close to that, but no cigar. It was still, we're sitting in fifth on the ladder with eight points, but that's equal to second as well. So for and against has got us... We're a little bit behind on four and against. We've got a four and against of 31 mm. and seconds on a four and against, which is the Roosters of 86. Uh, so there's a bit of a gap there. But you're looking at points and games played, we're sitting, we're equal on points. So 
Yep. And let's throw it to Queensland. The Western Clydesdales come back into the Queensland Cup with the support of the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs partnership. Uh, obviously, there's going to be coaching uh, expertise swap between the two clubs. Uh, also, pathways opportunities for Queensland players into the Bulldogs. Uh, it's a it's a rebranding of the old Toowoomba Clydesdales that used to be connected to the Broncos and winning everything in the early noughties. Uh, so they're back in the Queensland Cup with uh, us. Uh, as partners, unfortunately, it was off to a, a losing start, uh, losing to PNG Hunters 20 points to 10 um, in that first round. So, we, uh, well, if you got the ladder there, Scott, go for it. But it's always funny looking at the ladder after one round, doesn't really say too much. Yeah, we're just sitting in 13th. Um, How many teams yeah. in the Quads like up this year? 15. So, it was a very, very uh, high quality or quantity amount of teams uh, in. Rugby league's growing at all levels. <laughs> yeah, which is really good. But losing by 10 points, uh, PNG Hunters, they're a good side um, since been since their inception. So um, hmm. not the not the easiest start uh, to, to get back into the competition. Um, no, but we'll, we'll follow the Clydesdales throughout the, uh, the season going forward Did as well. Did you mention the Bulldogs the Clydesdales in the state premiership? Well, they did that in the trial. And Clydesdales won. Clydesdales beat the New South Wales Cup Bulldogs team. I don't know how strong that New South Wales Cup Bulldogs team was, but yeah, I know. If we had the national championship and it was Clydesdales Bulldogs, how good would that be? Oh, Gussie would be, uh, <laughs> there'd be a statue of him, I reckon. I'll tell you what, if we win the, stay with me, if we win the SG ball, the Jersey flag, the reserve grade, and the Queensland Cup, challenging pillar of success. <laughs> Yeah, and Penrith like, well, we can't win the Queensland Cup. We'll put a team in then. <laughs> Partner with a team. All right, Scotty. Anything else Bulldogs related that you'd like to uh, bring up? I do have something more game related, but uh... no, I just wanted to just emphasise: get to Belmore. It's we got two games there this year. Um, this was the if you can get tickets. Get yeah, get tickets now. Like seriously, if you're listening to it, get tickets now. Go on Ticketek, get tickets. Get out there. Off a win. Let's pack the joints. Our first home game of the of the year. We had to wait to round three. It's a bit rubbish because mainly we've already got two home games before we play one. Uh, but that's another issue. Um, it's our first home game. It's a Sunday afternoon, and this was our going to be our a sole Belmore game. Produce the World Cup. We get another one later in the year. Um, so mm-hmm. make sure you're out of Belmore because Sunday afternoon footy it might be a bit warm, but. Does it, if we get the win, you won't. I don't think you'll be talking about the heat. I'll tell you that much. Perfect. And we don't always talk about wider game issues, but this one will be affecting possibly the Bulldogs. Uh, it was announced today the Australian Rugby League Commission has approved changes to the NRL's head injury protocols, including the introduction of a mandatory 11-day stand-down uh, following a diagnosed concussion. So um, I think it's 12 days in the Super League at the moment. Uh, it might be 11. I think it's 12 over there. Uh, we had a situation last year where a player, Brody Croft, got concussed for Salford uh, in a quarterfinal. It was unavailable to play um, in the semifinal against St. Helens. Uh, his team really missed him in that game, uh, and that was the end of the season for the club. So... Uh, that just goes to show the uh, the magnitude that this decision could have on the competition. Yeah, it's the right right thing to do. Obviously, health first. Uh, this is uh, coming from the experts, the medical officials, and, and all that. So, 
can't really argue from that side of things, but it could have a, a effect on the season. Yeah, well, head injury is a head injury, and um, traditionally, unless you've got the bye, um, it's going to be very hard to have that turnaround from round to round. Unless if you've got a, a public holiday match and then playing late the next week, um, very, very hard. So concussion basically means you'll be missing a round. The, well, missing a game for your club, so... Yeah, at least, at least. Um, yeah, unless you get the buy, or like I said, or you get the mm. a special game like Anzac Day, you play a Good Friday, and then you get the fo- the following. Even yeah. Sunday's not even enough, so it's a test. Nah. It, it means that if you get concussed in the game, you're gone for one match. You get concussed at training, it could be out for two games. So yeah, yeah you got to take the head knock seriously. I think we've even seen. I think. We'll, if you look at Kalen Ponga, for example, I think he might be, unfortunately, the unwanted poster boy of this because he keeps uh, getting his head in the wrong spot. Um, mm. And it's been four times in what? I think they said four or five ten, times in the last... Ten, ten months. Four, I think it's four times in ten months. Yeah, so yeah. that's an insane amount of concussions. and Yeah. It's just yeah a, I think no one, no one can argue against this, but it may, may have an effect on... Um, the season overall we'll wait and see but that that will definitely have an effect on all teams of course uh in the competition as a whole going forward so interesting to see how that one plays out but sunday is belmore is the place to be can't wait to get there um nervous for it but hopefully the boys can get the second win of the season and it'll be a blockbuster new south cup to so get there if you can get there early and you can battle the heat get there because the new south cup second versus third on the ladder uh the Western Suburbs Magpies have been absolutely brilliant in that in that level. I mean, Wakeham's missing now for them, but they've got a good side. So it should be an absolute ripper of a game leading into the NRL, which is always nice. See you at Belmore. <laughs>